0: so 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 bhagavad gita as it is translation finally divine grace Yathādi pani vāta sto. Yathādi pani vāta sto. so pamaśmita. Ninga so pamaśmita. Yogi no This is one of many examples that Lord Krishna uses in Bhagavad-gita to demonstrate various points. Here, the mind, the controlled mind, is compared to a lamp in a windless face. In this chapter in particular, there is much discussion of control of the mind. the Hana Yoga is centered around the mind. How to control the mind. Because the uncontrolled mind is the cause of material bondage. And actually the uncontrolled mind is the cause of unlimited suffering. Whereas the, if the mind is controlled, that in itself means liberation. So the yogis who are very much concerned with liberation they attempt to control the mind. Now, the Krishna conscious system of Bhakti Yoga is similar, but the difference is also Krishna consciousness means consciousness of Krishna. So, it's also concerned with the mind. But the emphasis is on Krishna rather than on the mind. In other words, instead of, uh, mechanically trying to control the mind, one instead thinks of how to satisfy Krishna. However, within Vaishnava literature there is still a lot of discussion of, of how the mind must be fixed on Krishna. It is not a mindless process, it is a mindful process. Mindless means without any discrimination or any proper thought. Yeah, I know, that's why I'm explaining. <laughs> the, Mindless means without discrimination and without any proper thought. Which means uh, sentimentalism or fanaticism. Which means sentimentalism or fanaticism. And mindful means conscientiousness. Conscientiousness means always being aware of what we are doing and how we are doing and doing it to the best of our ability. Where's your mind? Where is the mind now? Mm-hmm. We can be sitting in Navarishi but our mind can be in anywhere. Our mind can be in California or in hell. It's not that i <coughs> in California now, hell. Except that it's painted as heaven. Our mind can be in Vrindavan. On the other hand, we can be, we can physically take the body to Vrindavan. Who has been to Vrindavan? How do you go to Vrindavan? Well you get a plane, you get a visa, and you go to India and then from the airport you somehow by road or by land transport you go to Vrindavan, it's not far from there. Go to Vrindavan the same way you go to Delhi or Los Angeles or Moscow or whatever. So the whole aim of our attempts at Bhakti Yoga are to go to Vrindavan. So why are we chanting Hare Krishna and following all these rules and regulations? When only he a plane ticket and a visa and a little more money to get from Delhi to Vrindavan. Because you can be in Vrindavan by the body, but the mind may stay in Russia. There's there's an old song, I left my heart in San Francisco. (laughs) So you may go from San Francisco to Vrindavan, but the heart is still in San Francisco. So, Krishna just means to place the mind at the lotus feet of Krishna. That is actually going to Vrindavan. And actually going to Vrindavan means going with the intention to serve Krishna with no other desire. And this is what's being spoken of in this verse. No other desire. and That's the only way we can in Krishna Consciousness, that is actual Krishna Consciousness. As long as we have other desires, then our mind is flickering. And the example is given here of the still flame compared to the flickering flame. It's a very nice example that if a, if a candle is burning and there's no wind, then it will simply burn very smoothly. And nicely, without trouble. There's another example of the uh, still mind given in Bhagavad Gita. Apurim apurima amacala pratishta samudra maapapa prishanti yad tad tad karma yam prishanti sardhite sa shanti maapnuoti na karma The example of a person who attains peace is compared to the ocean. The ocean is very deep. So a person whose consciousness is very deep is compared to the ocean. But even though so many mighty rivers flow into the ocean, the ocean is not affected by that. Although sometimes on the surface the ocean may appear to be, uh, choppy. But underneath it, it is calm, it is still because it is very deep. So the example of a candle burning steadily is a good example for us to remember. In <coughs> yoga meditation, there is one system of sitting in a dark room, s- staring at a candle. Kind of Chantar. It's uh It helps to still the mind because uh, it, the steadily burning flame is a, a symbol of peacefulness. Now, the, the the example of the the flame gives the idea that there's no wind from outside. It's disturbing. Now we may say that well in this material world there are always so many disturbances just like that example of the ocean there are great rivers of well, tremendous force flowing into the ocean so that is, that might be but still the ocean remains calm so you might think that this, so this example is more applicable but we can understand that although the In this example of the the lamp burning, that although the wind may be blowing outside, the lamp is in a protected place. So in the same way a devotee living in this world cannot avoid the turbulence of this material. The yogis attempt to avoid the turbulence of this world by going to the forest or mountains. But this example, the devotee, even though Outside the room there may be wind, but the candle is in a covered place. So in the same way a devotee lives in this raging material world where his heart is not disturbed. His heart is steadily fixed on Krishna. So here the example is given of a lamp in a windless place that does not flicker. But a lamp in a windless place, it may also flicker. How would that be? What would cause it to flip it? Splatter. Some suggestion? <laughs> <laughs> and then draft means that there's a disturbance around it. But then that's not the example. Inside. inside the room somebody is going. <laughs> again <laughs> it says <a> stone <laughs> <laughs> or somebody is moving to the candle a candle is moving They're saying. They're saying. if there's impurity in the fuel or if there's water then it splatters in the, in the fuel the oil, if there's water mixed with the oil yeah. Right? First, so if if the fuel or if the oil is completely pure, then the flame will burn very nicely. But if not, then it will splatter. That's why even if we remove ourselves from all disturbances but our heart is not pure, then our consciousness will not be fixed. Here Krishna is giving an example to demonstrate steadiness. Steadiness is required in devotional service. We see many people take to Krishna consciousness, but after some time, they become unsteady. Sometimes you see a, a candle's flame, it splutters and then goes out. It extinguishes. Yeah, comes becomes extinguished. Or sometimes it splutters and then recovers and again burns and so So, Almost all devotees go through some stage of unsteadiness. So it's a, it's a dangerous condition for our spiritual life. After spluttering, will we again become steady or will we become extinguished? It is not good to be unsteady. Unsteady means that the mind is not fixed on Krishna. We have so many other desires. Of course, having come into this material world, we do have so many desires. Mm-hmm. When we become the servant of Maya, then we um, have so many desires. We should know this is not good, it is not auspicious. It is the cause of bondage in this material world. It is the cause of our Perpetual suffering in this material world. It is the cause of our remaining separated from Krishna. So attaining steadiness in Krishna consciousness is essential. Now we see that many devotees are somewhat uh, mentally or psychologically unsafe. Not to the extent, I'm not talking about the extent of being insane, but just not fixed in what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. Their ideas change from one day to the next. They cannot remain steady in any service. And this unsteadiness indicates strong material desires. Because service to Krishna is available in various circumstances. So if we are Often changing our service, or our position of service. And then it suggests that we're in the materially influenced consciousness by which we think it will be better in this situation, it will be better in another situation than the one I'm presently in. Present Whatever situation we are in, there are some favorable points and unfavorable points. But, due to the nature of the mind, we tend to find the disturbing points very disturbing. And we think, I should go to another situation where it is. this problem does not exist to the same extent. So we make a massive change in our life. We, we, we give up service in one place. We go somewhere else. And for some time, it may be more pleasing to our mind. But then, after some time, we find something else, which is... Uh, disturbing in that situation, and that begins to bother us so much. We start to think, well, this is intolerable, I can't stay here. And thus it goes on, and on, and on. This is the story of many Brahmachandas. Householders don't have so much opportunity to change their situation so often. Of course they may do, they may think, this wife's no good, I should get another one. And that is right. But uh, generally, the, the responsibility of family life, if one accepts that as every person should, that helps to make one stable. If one can be stable in Brahmachari life, then there's no need to enter Queen so Stable in Brahmacharya life doesn't necessarily mean uh, doing the same thing all the time, or even staying in the same place all the time. But it means to be fixed in service. Everyone should consider that uh, this service given to me is a uh, God-given service. Krishna, through his representatives, has kindly given me the opportunity to serve his mission in this way. If we think like this, then we can be steady and satisfied in service. Yeah, steady and satisfied these two things go together. If one is not satisfied in devotional service, then we cannot remain steady in that service. But devotees tend to be dissatisfied in a situation because of their mental approach towards it. They tend to think that, well, if I like doing the service, then it's okay. If i like to do it, then it's okay. mm-hmm. instead of thinking, what does Krishna want me to do? We think, what do I want to do for Krishna? That is the difference between a mixed devotee and a pure devotee. A pure devotee thinks only how to satisfy Krishna. And the consciousness of a mixed devotee is mixed with desires for personal sense and enjoyment. Such desires, they bind us in us to normal, and they actually make us miserable. The example is there of horses pulling us in different directions. We come across devotees with so many desires, which they try to dovetail in Krishna Christian consciousness. But if our motive in doing action is primarily to satisfy ourselves, then it might be good, but it can't be satisfied. It cannot be counted as Pati.
1: At least not pure
0: devotional. So one devotee was just telling me that another devotee who was actually a very good devotee had told him something. He was he was and is practicing Krishna conscious very strictly. But it's told us, I have some desire that I can't get out of my mind. I desire to have a very good sword, first class sword. And a first class horse. And i right on the horse with my sword. So... <laughs> so <coughs> The devotee told me this, said, you better just get a motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> and, because a first class horse costs a few million dollars. First class saw maybe costs twenty-five thousand dollars. You might be able to get that. But it's not realistic enough to, it's not very realistic to you that you can get a first class horse. But on the whole, what's the point? It's difficult to see how it could be dovetailed in Christian service. Maybe if it was 5,000 years ago, you would have joined the battle of Kurukshetra. In the modern age, if you ride around on a horse with a sword, you'll probably join the inmates of a prison. Desires are very dangerous. So this devoury, instead of Concentrating on Krishna, if if the desire comes again and again, I need a horse, I need a sword, I need a horse, I need a sword, I need a horse, I need a (laughs) sword, then how can he remain fixed in Krishna consciousness? The mind will be unsteady. Due to the unsteady mind, we suffer. We feel others are oppressing us and suppressing us. I want this, but these are my, these people are the obstacles in my desire. There are even many cases of people who accept the Guru and who later reject him. And they may give so many reasons, but actually because, the reason is because the Guru was unwilling to be a conspirator in fulfilling their material desires. Conspirator. means one who joins in a conspiracy. Mostly if people think that if we can help others to fulfil their material desires, that is helping. Mm. Nowadays in our Krishna consciousness we hear a lot about uh compassion and good feeling. Uh, but according to materialistic people, good dealings or good feelings are expressed by helping other persons to indulge in sense Providing alcoholics with alcohol. Or the idea that you give children, the child is giving whatever he wants. And we don't know that this indulgence in the desire of the child will not help the child to grow as a good citizen. Mm. I know I know, I know of a few people who were born in uh, quite well-to-do families. And their parents indulge them. Whatever they want, okay, get it, get it. And so the child grows up thinking that, that everyone should just do whatever I want. But the world isn't like that. So such a child grows up uh, very arrogant, very demanding, and very dissatisfied. In the modern world, there's this idea that, that you're being kind to your children if you just give them whatever you want. Whatever they want. they want a chocolate, they're crying for chocolates, give it. They, 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 whatever they want, just give. But without training children in discipline, self-control, and austerity, they'll actually grow up being miserable. And they'll be stupid also. They cannot become well-educated and they cannot develop their intelligence if their senses are always demanding something. That's why we we don't see it in America, so many people coming up nowadays who sort are of highly intelligent. Because the children have no training, no discipline, They're just, uh, they just indulge their senses. So much of America's brains is the brains that keeps America running is important. We never find, uh, children from a highly indulgent background growing up to be very intelligent. Because those who indulge <coughs> the senses, their mind always remains unsteady. And the mind is always thinking, what next, what next, what next, what to enjoy, what to enjoy. Just like you see, uh, people are always titillating the tongue <coughs> titillating means yeah. Yeah. they're always taking snacks in yeah. between meals i don't know about here but in the western world that's right and always some drink tea coffee soft drink cigarette or an indian a pan chewing gum <coughs> Always there should be some sensation for the time. So one who is not trained to control the senses must have an uncontrolled mind, disturbed mind. Now in America they're very concerned because so many people have disturbed minds. More than 70% of the people consult a psychiatrist during their lives. They're, They're wondering why people have disturbed minds. And they're so foolish they don't see the whole culture is meant for disturbing people's minds. They're constantly billboards, buy this, buy that. Everywhere, TV, buy this, buy that. And the computer, you go on the internet and immediately buy this, buy that. So they're deliberately disturbing people's minds in inserting material designs. And they're wondering why people are disturbed. Is this not foolishness? So Krishna consciousness means to withdraw our desires from sense gratification and to desire only Krishna. However, when we're practically seeing it's not so easy to do that. Therefore, we have this system of sadhana, um, which gives us regulated activities to help the body, minds, and body, mind and words in the service of Krishna. But still, we may find ourselves with so many desires, uh, which disturb us to the extent that sometimes, like I was saying at the beginning, of this, even some people leave Krishna consciousness altogether. I was talking about family life.
1: Uh, we often
0: see that uh, Brahmacharya has become more steady after injury. Mm-hmm. Amashri. The is... Mm-hmm. yeah, the, the mm-hmm. family man. Mm-hmm. If they are unable to fix their mind on service to Krishna, the wife makes sure that they don't, that they fix their mind on service to the wife and home. Mm-hmm. Women are often very practical. Yeah. Where's the money? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so if a brahmachari is not able to come up to the higher, highest platform immediately, then it may be better for him to take responsibility at an intermediate level. Although, as we were discussing yesterday, uh, Prabhupada gave a, uh, you could say, a sarcastic simile for why nowadays people don't want to get married. That uh, if milk is available in the market, then why bother to keep a cow? That one can have sex without marriage, so why bother? With this kind of attitude, that is not going to lift us up to Krishna consciousness. Everything should be done very responsibly. It is not that irresponsibility in material affairs... Is a qualification for Krishna consciousness. Sometimes we see someone dressed in very rough, torn, dirty cloth, and we think, oh, this must be, and mm, tear up. and we think, oh, this must be a great saintly person. So it may be that a saintly person is so much absorbed in Krishna that he doesn't think to clean his cloth. Or it may just be that he's in Tamaguna and is too lazy to wash it. His mind is so taken up by different desires that he can't even keep his cross on So anyway, one way or the other, it's very important to become steady in Christian consciousness. If one doesn't have a, a steady service, or if one is not steady in the mind, then how will we develop our relationship with Krishna? We are trying to revive our eternal relationship with Krishna. Um, but if I, again... If if our mind is so disturbed that we're always thinking of this material circumstance or another material circumstance, then how will we fix the mind on Krishna? So although steadiness in material position is not synonymous with Krishna consciousness, it can indirectly help. We see some people are very steady in their habits, but they are, they're a long, long way from Krishna. One devotee was telling me about his father who lived in the same house all his life, went to work in the same place throughout his life. So he was certainly of steady consciousness in some ways, but he's not involved devotee. So what's the use? On the other hand, uh, if one is not steady in the mission of service, then, uh, like I said, it's very difficult to be a Christian. So, Mm -hmm. everyone has to, uh, uh, first of all, uh, yeah, one one who is very advanced, they may be Krishna conscious in any Mm circumstance. But those who are not, which means almost everybody, unless they're on a a very high level of surrender, then it's better they find some situation in which they can serve and stick with that unless they find a situation in which they can peacefully serve then they should find out and stick with it there may be a case for changing one's situation if one sees some major discrepancy being carried out one can make like but generally um, we should remain satisfied in the situation that Krishna has placed us that Krishna discusses in this chapter also. And through chalava one should be satisfied with whatever comes without having to make any great endeavor. So much unnecessary endeavor is taken up in this world by persons who think that they need more than the presently. Now again, speaking on the material platform here, but we see uh, many people in previous generations they were sad if they had a little food clothing shelter they would more or less be sad but nowadays they're advertising that you have to have a car and a fridge and, and a washing machine and so many different things so if someone doesn't have these things then their mind becomes disturbed and uh if we do have these things, we may want to show off to others who don't have them. And if we don't get them, we'll remain always frustrated. So how to remain steady, satisfied, peaceful in devotional service? This is a religious uh, discussion which requires uh, each individual to make, to, to analyze themselves. We should look at all our material desires and see what is the sum total value of them all. Actually, the value is zero or less. And if we consider what is the value of Krishna consciousness, then we will always be inspired by the uh, ideal. That uh, I have to aspire for the spiritual world to serve Krishna. So how enthusiastic we should be to go to the spiritual world, and how apathetic we should be towards the material world, In this way, we can remain steady. Fixed one point. The lamp of a candle in a windless place burns very nicely. It is not in danger of going out at any time. And it just burns up straight. So this example is given, our Krishna consciousness, should be that way. Straightforward Krishna consciousness. No special frills or fancies. No special frills or fancies. Uh I don't know how to say. It. No uh no different diversions or exciting sounding things to add in. We already have the most special thing, which is the opportunity to serve Krishna. That is the dharma of the jiva to serve Krishna. If we could only understand the value of the gift we've been given of Krishna consciousness. And in that situation, we should apply ourselves fully to Krishna. Is there any question about this? We shouldn't, we shouldn't allow a child to indulge in sense gratification, how can we develop his creative uh, inclinations or abilities and how can we understand that these are demands of the soul and these are demands of the mind in it it's, it's regarding chance yeah say. yeah when, when we say we should indulge in Chinese yeah you know, in sense gratification that doesn't mean that we should lock him up tie his hands put a put a tape on his mouth not like that doesn't mean that we should just feed gruel or only only Grishka with no soul no or sugar Balance is <laughs> also <laughs> And this is an excellent way to uh dovetail their desires to engage them for instance in, to engage them in Krishna conscious activities. Kirtan, yeah. Drama, oh, yeah. Krishna games. But, uh, train them from the beginning to make them everything uh, krishna center. The child is crying, I want an ice cream. So he may think that they're being very kind to the child to give it that. But simply doing what he wants to do will, uh, not help him to develop in Krishna consciousness. What everyone really wants to do is to serve Krishna. So, let them be satisfied in service to Krishna. Hmm. Huh? Yeah. You sure? Anything else? What All right then, we'll finish there. Yeah. How are you, Krishna? Shri Mataji.